Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 121, and today I'm going to be talking about from 1 Peter chapter 5, being examples to the flock. Let's pray. Lord, we need wisdom and direction. We need practical insight how to live this life in a way that others could look to us and follow our example and live well, both spiritually and physically. Help us as we talk through these things, and I pray that you would challenge us to be the best men that we can possibly be as we shepherd your flock and as we as we give an example, not as a prideful, arrogant kind of man, but as a humble man, just wanting to give an example of what godliness looks like practically to our people. I trust that you're going to lead. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, you've been hearing me mention it, and I'm going to be mentioning it all month long because I want you to sign up for the cohort, the Shepherd's Crook cohort. I keep saying this, but I really don't want to waste your time or money. I want this to be I want this to be something that's going to be helpful for you and and within your budget. It's only 125 bucks, and we're going to be talking about courage to stand against all enemies. We're going to be doing six Zoom calls the last Saturday of every month, and if you're local, you're going to meet here live at my house, and we're going to have some lively, robust conversation about what are the issues that we're facing today as a church, and we're going to be encouraged and challenged to stand, to stand and be the men that God has called us to be, and to to serve our people well and to fight for the glory of God in this world and to bring the gospel into collision with the idols of this world. And I'm really looking forward to it. I've got my friends that are going to be helping me out, Dr. Tom Askell, Pastor Bill Smith, Michael Foster, Eric Kahn, Brian Sauvey, and yeah, I think that's I think that's the list. And so I don't know, those are not in any sequential order. I think we are going to have Dr. Tom Askell's interview first that's going to be an exclusive interview for you uh, who are part of the cohort. So I just want you to sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and I hope you do. You can sign up at theshepherdscrook.co, and more the merrier. So sign up, share with your friends, get your pastoral team to be on board. It's going to be a party. Okay, I think that's all I want to talk to you. Soon we're going to start talking about the intensive. I want you to come to the intensive this year as well. It's going to be pretty great. We're going to talk about 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to hear from Peter and from Paul today. And in the, the flip side of not being domineering over the flock is to be an example over the flock. So let's hear it from 1 Peter 5 verse 3. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. When I was in college, I don't have a graduate degree, but I do have a bachelor's degree in, in Christian ministry, and one of my professors in college, Dr. Daffy, believe it or not, was his name, Dr. Daffy. I don't know if he's living or not anymore. But one of the things he told me, I was really repulsed by, and he said that a pastor has to learn to put a smile on his face and simply be happy and show up showing people that, that it's possible to live the Christian life. And I was thinking, that is the most phony thing that I've ever heard in my life. Although I still agree that that was not good counsel, it was not good advice. Pastors don't need to have a cape on and they don't need to be walking around this world as if they never sin or anything like that. That's not, that's not healthy. They need to be publicly dependent upon Christ and everyone should know how much they love Jesus and are needy of Jesus and his, and his righteousness on their behalf. And so don't be a fake phony person, that's what I'm talking about. However, there is a kernel of truth to what he was talking about, a kernel and something I want to pull out, and it's what Peter is talking about today, and it's what Paul talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 4. It's simply being an example of holiness to your people, both spiritually and physically, an all-around healthy man. That's what we're called to be. The Apostle Paul famously said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I think that's something that every single pastor should be able to say, look at my life, every area of my life, 
and emulate that. And if you'll do that, by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be a more godly man. So I want us to think about what are the issues that we've been facing in the American pastorate over the last several decades. And then let's bring some correction to that, because I think there's been some problems in the way that we have viewed pastoral ministry. And so let's diagnose a problem, let's get a solution, and then let's go to the scriptures again. Okay, so first, in the church planning world, even in big mega church ministry world, that kind of stuff, what we have viewed as a pastor for a very long time now is a big personality, a salesman type, an entrepreneurial spirit. You know the type, the big type A personality, the guy that's, I got it together, I know what to do, I got the vision, I got the plan, get behind me, the kind of guy that would be a really good CEO. We talked about that last week. That's been the major recruited kind of person for church planting and for the mega church world for a long time. It's left a lot of normal pastors wondering, you know, am I entrepreneurial enough? Am I cutting edge? Am I getting out there and doing what I've got to do? Am I meeting all the people of power in my city? All that kind of stuff. And I think it's been very, very unhealthy. I think we have created unhealthy categories of what a pastor or what a successful pastor is and looks like in our day. And I think we just need to reevaluate that. I think we need to look at the scriptures and reevaluate and say, hey, here's what God has to say. We need men who know what it means to work hard, to love God privately and publicly, to love their family well, and to love the church well. I mean, be an example of what holiness, what godliness looks like. Okay? There has been an issue. Again, we're painting in broad strokes here. And with that, with those broad strokes, those kinds of pastors have been very, very appealing to the world. The idea is that we got to be cutting edge enough to capture the world's attention. And so if we can get a pastor up there or just a little bit of charisma and pump out a few books, the world will turn their head, and finally there'll be people who are following Jesus because of this kind of pastor. Okay, I think that's silly, and I think it's silly because we don't get anything like that with Peter or Paul or anywhere in the New Testament talking about being hip, cool, cutting edge, trendy, any of that kind of stuff. Okay, let's hear again from Pastor Peter. Not domineering over those charge, but being an example, but being examples to the flock. Let's think about being an example to the flock. And so what we're going to do is break down spiritual example and then physical example. So what does spiritual health look like and what's physical health look like? Because one has implications for the other. If you're always, if you're physically if you're, if you're perpetually physically unfit and, and not working on that, there, there's going to be implications there into what's going on in your spiritual life. If there's disorder in your home, the way your house looks, if you can't get things in line, if your yard's not mowed, that kind of stuff has implications that go back into the spiritual life of the man. But let's first look at the spiritual example. Pastors must set the example to the flock in their private life. Now, this is interesting because a lot of the private life will not be viewed publicly, so you can fake it externally. There can be a healthy veneer on the outside, but a rotten core. Eugene Peterson years ago wrote a really great book on this called Working the Angles, and he talks about the private and public life of man. you got to work the angles in public ministry that are not seen rather than just the angles that are seen. I encourage you to pick up that book. So let me just ask you, Pastor, how are your spiritual disciplines? What's your private life look like? with the Lord. Are you spending time in the Word? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you hearing and responding to God? Not simply for Sunday, and I don't want to I don't want to minimize preparing for a sermon on Sunday morning. It should be devotional. It shouldn't be just be a professional activity putting together a presentation. So there should be some sort of devotion to it. But your personal life, your personal disciplines, everybody else has full-time jobs and they're and we expect them to have a robust life of spiritual disciplines. So even for us, we're preparing for a sermon, yeah, but when is your robust time for spiritual disciplines? Are you reading through the Bible in a year, or are you doing book studies? What What is it 
that you're doing to grow spiritually and to grow your affection for Christ, your love for him and love for neighbor. So what does your spiritual discipline look like? What about your reading life uh, other than the Bible? My plan is to read through the Bible a year in a year and then just read books. I'm always reading a book, always. There's never a time where I'm not reading something or multiple books. And I aim every year for 52 books a year. And that, that works out for me. For some of you, 12 to 20 books out work out well for you. For others, it's up to 100 books a year. My buddy Brian one year read like 205 books or something like that in a year, which is very, very difficult. That's not for everybody. But what does your spiritual disciplines look like? Because if you don't have a healthy private life, I'm telling you right now, if you just evaluate your spiritual life right now, and if it's not healthy, you're going to have ramifications right down the road. And if it hasn't manifested itself yet, it's going to. It's just a matter of time. You have to get your private life in order. So let me just ask you, if everybody in your church followed your example in your private life, in your spiritual life, is your church going to be more healthy or is it going to be less healthy? Be the example for the flock spiritually. Okay, what about a physical example? Now, spiritual health ends up manifesting itself physically. And physical health, spiritual unhealth, ends up manifesting itself physically. Consider your health personally. If people followed your example of physical health, is the church going to be more healthy or less healthy? You don't have to be, for goodness sake, somebody that's got chiseled abs. But if everybody replicates your life and your example spiritually and physically, are they going to be more or less healthy? We've got to get that kind of discipline under control. You've got to build that discipline into your life. And if it's not a part of your life, it has to be a part of your life. Physical health is in the area of sin and obedience. If we're not taking care of our bodies, we are walking in sin. It's not a morally neutral area. You can also sin in the other area of physical idolatry where you're idolizing the body, idolizing the physical, and everything is about how you look and how your body looks. I'm not talking about that. But you have to set the example physically for the church. And then your home. I'm big on this. How does your home look? Literally like outside the house. When people drive up into your home, how does your home look? Because here's what I'm wanting to happen at our home, and I think this is an obligation of mine, and I think it's an obligation of yours. We are putting a flag in the ground for the kingdom of God in our home, in our square footage where we live. And my wife works really hard to make the interior of our home welcoming and a place of grace and a place of hospitality. You walk into our home and you feel like home. And I pray that everybody feels like home, even though I'm a shoe Nazi. I'll tell you to take your shoes off like crazy. Hey, take your shoes off. (laughs) But I hope after you take your shoes off, you feel like you're at home. My wife does an amazing job making our home feel like a great place, because it is. And I want that to be on the outside of our home, too. When people are driving around, I want them to look at our property and look at our place and say, wow, that's a special place. Now, again, I'm not idolizing a home. I just want to build a place that displays the kingdom of God to the world and to the neighborhood. This is a place of God's kingdom here. His presence is here. This ground belongs to him. This ground is designated for the glory of God. And so I want you to set an example for the flock as I'm learning to continue to set an example for the flock of God in Christ Church Carbondale. Now let's hear from Pastor Paul real quick and jump from Peter to Paul and hear what he has to say to young Timothy. This is 1 Timothy 4, starting in verse 11. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Oh my. That's private life and public life mixed in together. But how many pastors do we know that have dirty mouths? Seriously, I've heard story after story of many pastors who are getting their other elders on their team. These are from big church guys and saying, hey, why don't you cuss? Trying to literally being like a junior hire, trying to egg on other pastors and friends and peers to cuss. I kid you not. I can name multiple pastors that I know who have done that. 
just so silly, so goofy. It's like it's like this inner club of trying to get people to be cool by cussing. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Men, set the example. Be the example. This is not legalism. This isn't. Anything. It's just like, man, you're a pastor. Get your private and public life in line. Don't be publicly holy and privately ungodly. Be privately holy and publicly holy. By the grace of God, do that. Be a godly man. That's what God has called us to. Set the example to the flock. If everyone in your church followed your example in your private and public life, would the church be more healthy or less healthy? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.